welcome to Sustainability Explored, a podcast on sustainability and innovations in business and economy, a safe and friendly place to learn more about sustainability across industries. My name is Anna. I'm the usual podcast host of this show. Every week I invite one professional in the field of sustainability to share ideas, shed light on certain concepts and give some guidance on how to actually implement sustainability. You're listening to the episode number 29. Uh, This is the season three. And today we're talking about sustainable buildings with Tom Abbott, sustainability consultant at uh, Green Easy Consultancy and a qualified BREM assessor. I'm very excited and curious to talk to Tom and learn from him today. And I hope you are too. If so, join our upcoming discussion and let's get it started. Hi, listeners. Hi, my dear listeners. And hi, Tom. Uh, Today, my guest is Tom Abbott from Green Easy, which is the international consultancy agency uh, present all over the world with offices in London, New York, Doha. And today we're talking about green buildings or sustainable buildings. Uh, In particular, we will explore the topic of energy efficiency in buildings where we spend all of our time now. Tom, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more, please? You're welcome. Okay, I've, I've been working in the sustainability sector since 2000, so 20 years now. Um, I started off in renewable energy and then moved uh, into construction. So for the past uh, five years, I've been a, a BRIAM assessor, and BRIAM stands for Building Research Establishment Environmental Assessment Method. Uh, It's the uh, uh, UK-based version of LEED, uh, which is the American. And so LEED and BREAM are the two major benchmarking certifications for sustainability and construction. You know, I'm always interested in how uh, the professionals in the field of sustainability start. I know from our previous conversation that we share the same alma mater, You've been studying in the University of East Anglia in Norwich, uh, the UK. Could you tell me a little bit more like, how you progress? What did you study and what led you um, specifically towards uh, renewable energy and then energy efficiency? Okay, so I started off at Brunel University in Uxbridge in West London. Uh, studying geography and while I was a student there I worked for a company called the Solar Energy Alliance and then I transferred my degree to the University of East Anglia to do environmental science and at the time um, the environmental science course there was the best in the world along with Cornell in uh, the United States. So from there uh, I did the, the bachelor's in environmental science and then I worked for a few years and then I came back uh, in 2007 and did a master's in environmental assessment and management so that was a one-year master's and then from there i worked for the london sustainability exchange after that i moved to work in ho chi minh city in vietnam with uh, vestas the the wind turbine company from denmark and uh, i was there for only four months but it was it was a good experience And then I came back and I worked for uh, WPP, the uh, biggest marketing company in the world, doing uh, market research. So I tried something different and it gave me very good communication skills. And then I worked for um, a sustainability construction company, actually working on site with 
limecrete, which is a sustainable version of concrete invented by the Romans. Um, I worked on many um, old buildings in England, including uh, uh, Leicester Cathedral, where they reburied um, King Richard III. Um, so then I moved to a multidisciplinary engineering firm called Create Consulting Engineers, where I was uh, sustainability one of the sustainability consultants and um, I trained as a Briam assessor and then I moved to um, an Irish engineering consultancy based just outside of Cork and they worked with um, off-site construction so buildings that are made in factories and I worked on the tallest off-site construction building in the world in Croydon in London which is a twin tower 38 and 44 storey building and a 36-storey student residential in Lewisham, in London, mm -hmm. and uh, a Premier Inn a hotel, and also uh, Chelsea Barracks uh, apartments, which cost 10 million pounds a time. I was working on tier one projects in London, and then I left there in June last year and set up my own sustainability consultancy with someone who was on my training course called Robin Tom, whose father set up a sustainability consultancy 30 years ago called Green Heat in Cambridge. And so we now have offices near Norwich, one in Cambridge, one in Birmingham, one in London, and we're opening one in New York at the moment. We have one in Doha, um, in Montenegro, Brazil, and other places around the world. That sounds so cool. That Now you're talking about Green Easy, this international consultancy agency, yeah, correct? Right. What other, so to say, pains that the clients come with? What they are looking for to implement when they approach you? What do they want to achieve? Well, in England, um, usually uh, BRIAM is only carried out when it's a requirement of planning. So in London, all commercial buildings over a certain size are required to have BRIAM excellent rating. Mm -hmm. uh, some buildings, uh, like hotels, are required by the hotel board in the UK to have BRIAM. So I have a hotel project in Liverpool at the moment, which is... Uh, also a Bream project, I'm working assessing how sustainable that is. I also have a refurbishment and fit-out project in East London, which is basically um, a warehouse being refurbished um, and refitted for the occupier. So basically all the insides are gutted out and modernized so all the systems are up to date right so it can be either compulsory a compulsory requirement or certain clients i assume do implement briam uh, voluntarily do you have any cases yes like that? if um, a building like an investment company will will actually see the value of having a briam and certification on the building because um, it's something that they can sell as an investment company that i was working for called castle forge with uh, 500 million pounds worth of funds, um, doing up, uh, buildings all over Europe. Uh, one of them was uh, a 13-story office development in Belfast, and it was a 10 million pound project. They actually see that by putting this um, BRIAM certification on, uh, when clients come to either buy or uh, rent the, the building space, they, they can see that it's gonna uh, cost them less money to run because of the energy efficiency savings in the building. Could you tell me a bit more about this BRIAM system? What does it consist of? What are you exactly looking at when you are assessing the building? Why, why, why can it be necessary? Because 
I will tell you why I'm asking this question. Many people do not believe in certification. They see it as um, uh, unnecessary. It just, you know, to have a paper, which doesn't mean always there is I a real the, action behind. If, if the certification is a good, robust certification like BRIAM, it proves that the building is actually sustainable. What does a sustainable building mean? It's, uh, with, with BRIAM, we assess uh, a whole range of criteria and credits. Uh, these titles such as health and well-being, management, energy, transport, water, materials, waste, land use and ecology and pollution. And then you also, also get innovation credits for doing new things and for going above and beyond on certain credits. Innovation like what, for example? Uh, like a new type of uh, solar panel that will make the building more energy efficient or something, something that's been agreed with by the building research establishment, like a bespoke technology. So in your work of the building assessor, what are you looking at? Where do you start and where do you end? When you enter the building and you have the task to assess how sustainable it is. So you, you start at the uh, pre-concept design. So you go through the REBA stages in the UK. So you look at, you go start of a drawing board when the building is going into planning and then you go to design stage well you do a pre-assessment on the building to establish what credits will be targeted so what score you're going to go for whether you're going to go for a very good or an excellent rating or even an outstanding and then so once you've got the score that you're going to target you go through design stage and you work with the design team who are uh, working on the building or people from contractors to the um, building services team to the architects. So there's lots of different people within the uh, project. And then you, you collect the evidence from all these different people and you upload it to an online software, for example, like Tracker Plus. Once you've got all the evidence for design stage, you submit it to the BRE and then it is checked by the um, quality auditor, the, the, the QA. And then you move on to post-construction stage once you've passed design stage. And this is assessing the actual finished building so you, you go you have a you go to site and take photos of the building to show that what has been said in design stage has actually been done when the building has been constructed and when you submit the post-construction stage and you and once you've passed that you get the final certificate and then you can get like a plaque which you can put on the outside of the building with like from the bre with a briam very good or excellent or outstanding and it shows that the building has the uh, sustainability assessment and it proves that the building is truly sustainable and hopefully it will, it will, be, it will stand the test of time of improvements of sustainability and it can always be uh, changed in the future to be upgraded to a new technology. What is the certification body? Who do you, who do you submit the reports to? Who, who is the final voice? In so, so in England, well, the, the English one, as I said earlier, is the, the building research establishment. And they also have um, companies um, in Europe. They have a, a BRIAM NOR, which is the Norway, a BRIAM um, SES, uh, which is uh, Spanish. And there's also BRIAM in France and BRIAM NL in, in, in the Netherlands. But you can have a BRIAM international assessment all over the world. And as I said earlier, there's also LEED, which is uh, a similar sort of assessment from America, which is very popular all over the world. 
We've usually worked with architects rather than sustainability consultants. So um, if you're a lead assessor, um, you don't really class yourself as a sustainability consultant. You're more sort of working on other things like, like with, with Briam, you're sort of purely a sust sustainability consultant. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, there's other types of things like well, which looks at the health and well-being inside of the building. So how, how healthy it is to work in the building environment. How do you assess this? Do you simply look at the data, which kind of materials were used? This particular criteria, health and well-being, what do you look at? Um, so with health and well-being, you're looking at things like indoor air quality, uh, like the Vox, so the materials, how, how polluting they are, and um, also the the security of the building, whether there's open space outside of the building, the, the facts, you look at whether the office is laid out, so the, the desks have a view out, the windows are a certain size, so you're getting enough light into the building. There's a whole, whole range of um, criteria that are required to get certain credits. Right, and, and people, I assume, do comply, because I'm, I'm, while we are talking, I'm trying to assess my environment, <laughs> and I only get light, like sunlight, uh, at the sunset. So you're probably not in a, you're probably in a non-compliant room right now. There's a, a lot of uh, Briam work being carried out in Poland and Lithuania. It's uh, very popular there, many buildings, many uh, large office developments. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so... Briam is, is increasing in popularity around the world. And as, as you're from Ukraine, um, I think uh, it's also Briam is, is taking off. So it's, it's, it's good. And as I said, Briam started in 1990. So we have 30 years experience now of assessing buildings. Um, and I think there's been over 2 million buildings around the world worked on. Mm -hmm. Certified, approved as good for, for living and working inside. I have a question. Is there any sort of standard or a guideline that the architects and designers can consult with while building? So as far as I understood, you are assessing the buildings that have already been constructed. So you enter into something already existing and say... Uh, no, no, so we do brand new buildings and then also we uh. refurbish buildings, so it's both. Uh, have you ever been in a professional situation where you enter the building, you assess it, and you say, you know what, it's unrepairable, it's beyond um, a reconstruction, and this building has to be simply ruined? Uh, not, not in my professional career, but maybe, maybe that is the case. But I think um, you want to try and avoid demolition, because demolition and reconstruction is a, a lot worse for the environment than refurbishment. Okay. So you had to go through a special training to become an assessor. Where, where is it happening? Um, so the, the base of the BRE, the Building Research Establishment in England, is in Watford, which is just near London. Are there any other you know, certification agencies around the world? So, so LEED is in America, as I, as I said, but you can do the training for LEED mm -hmm. online. You don't, uh, and then you have an exam. But I, I'm not a lead AP, so I haven't done that training yet. So I haven't experienced that. So when I get 
that far. Um, I would probably, I think you either take the exam online or you have to go to a centre and do it. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not so much like in England where you have to go to the main HQ and be trained at the main, the main, because I suppose in America is such a, a lot bigger country than England. That is, everyone has to fly to places, but in England you can just get there by car. You know, because it's a small country. How long does it take to study? Um, well, the actual course is only three days. But then you have to go away and learn a lot more about it and then come back. So you do a three-day course and then you come back maybe two months later and sit an exam, which is very difficult. But you're still, you have the book to look at, but um, it's still very complicated and you have a multiple choice. So it's, some of the answers are quite ambiguous. So it could be like, you have four, four answers and it could be like A and B. Uh, so it's, it's difficult mm -hmm. and I think I think I got um, you have to pass uh, 70% and I think I got say 73% and then I did my refurbishment and fit out exam and actually it was so difficult the first time that I failed and then I went back and I spoke to someone who directed the course and he helped me and I passed second time. I'm just thinking that you know there must be, be a demand for this kind of work and I'm trying to think how and when this thing can happen in Ukraine. Uh, who must be interested in the first place? Is it the government? Is it the state? Is it um, the private it's, sector? It's, it's a bit of both. It's the government. The government could decide to say, look, we're going to put it into policy and have a requirement for all new buildings to be uh, BRIAM assessed. Or you could go and have a meeting with um, owners or of property developers and say, look, this is, this is really good. It's going to save you money in the long run by reducing the cost of the running of your building and it's going to make your buildings more valuable. I, I recommend that you carry out this assessment. So there's, there's various ways of going about it. Uh, energy efficiency is one of the criteria in BREAM um, certification, right? Um, so, yeah, energy is one of the one of the sections. And I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the easiest one to fix in the building among other criteria? Uh, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> Which one is the easiest? Um, I don't think you could say any of them are easy. They're all difficult in different ways. But yeah. coming back to the energy efficiency, uh, let's say I am a a simple citizen. I don't know anything about that and I am not the owner of the building. Let's say I'm renting an office. Where do I start if I want to save up on the costs related to the heating and energy efficiency? If you're just a, a citizen res, uh, renting like a residential apartment, um, it's quite difficult to retrofit because a lot of the technology has to be done in the construction or refurbishment so when the building is is, is changed or, or built but there are there are certain technologies that you can uh, use for example you can maybe change the heat the heating source of the building and add a heat pump which is like um, an air conditioning unit which is reversed so it takes the heat from outside and puts it into the building mm -hmm. so it's all electric and then if you have a roof space you could add solar panels there's things like you could add um, an electric car charging point so mm -hmm. you're um, and then you have an electric car as well and you could have a battery to store the energy from your solar 
So the solar um, power is obviously um, in the daytime and then it's stored in the battery and you can use it at night time as well. So you can, if you have enough solar panels, you could supposedly be off grid. And then there's also the uh, water side of things as well. So you can be more efficient with water um, where you can put um, devices onto your taps to reduce the flow rate. So you uh, use um, less water on your shower and then you can, there are systems in place where you can put in, uh, not personally, but when the building's built or refurbished, you can put in rainwater collection. So the rainwater is collected and, and used in the building. And then also the water that is used, for example, in the taps for the bath or the, or the sink is, is reused and used in the toilets. And that's called grey water. You know, you just made me think, not even think, dream about my own uh, house being a, being an eco house, like a smart smart house. Now I'm, I'm starting to collect the ideas aside. Well, so we, we also have architects in our company who can design sustainable architecture so we could design you an eco house and then also assess it because there's also something called the home quality mark, which is a way of assessing houses. How, how popular is this idea now in the UK, for example? Or? Um, so they used to have something in the UK called the Code for Sustainable Homes, which was compulsory, but then they took, um, took it away because it was, they thought it was slowing down the house building industry. So the houses got less environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. so that, um, but they have this thing called the Home Quality Mark, which is voluntary. So not many companies decide to use it. So hopefully they'll they'll change the policy again to bring in um, compulsory sustainability certification, but we have to lobby the government. So it's, it's like the same worldwide. You have to put pressure on the government to bring in these policies. But policies aside, uh, like general public people, uh, how popular is the idea of the smart house, environmentally sustainable house? Yes, there's, there's a lot of people who say, can you um, build me an eco house? They have many shows in, in the UK for uh, building eco houses in big, big venues and arenas where people go and find out about technology to build their own house. Um, so it's very popular, but to build an eco house is quite expensive because the technology is still quite above normal prices. I don't say land in England is very expensive. So if you want to buy a plot of land to build a house, it's about £200,000. Uh, maybe in other countries in the world, it's a lot cheaper. Okay, one pre-last question. A book recommendation from you on sustainability, on sustainable building, something that influenced you. That's, that's a good question. Well, if, if you're interested in, in assessment, this isn't actually a book, uh, but you can access the manual for uh, Briam online. So if you want to research about Briam or, or, or LEED or other certifications, I recommend you Googling Briam or LEED and, and type in manual as well. Then you can learn all about the uh, certain areas of the assessment and then you can apply it to your own house or your own um, commercial building. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting subject because it's constantly changing with technology. Yeah, sort of professional eco-warriors in a way and we feel now is the time that we have to do something about our planet otherwise it could die and we're, we're 
we have been uh, polluting it very badly in the last 100, 200 years. So we, we're, some, of, some of us are now realizing we've got to stop digging up fossil fuels because we don't need to do that. We can live with clean, renewable housing and energy and it's possible. So, and also we're developing now um, electric flight and uh, electric boats. We've noticed with this uh, uh, coronavirus that the pollution has decreased a lot. So in future, hopefully travel will, will be done electrically. Uh, so electric uh, boats to take people around the world on holiday, um, small electric planes to go on short flights, but boats, I think, could be the future. It takes um, longer time to travel, but at least it's more sustainable. Um, the problem is we, we are burning a lot of oil and gas and still coal as well, which is dreadful. And we, we're still investing in nuclear energy, which is a technology which is problematic with radioactive waste hopefully if we um, improve the uh, well if we if, de if we decrease the carbon of construction and energy and living so we we create less food waste and things like that very quickly the world will become a more sustainable place thank you and yeah on this philosophical note on this positive and optimistic note could you please give one piece of advice for the listeners of Sustainability Explored? So, so personally, in your, life, in your life, the way you live, you can use electric transport, you can cycle a lot more, you can use food that has had less food miles, you can waste less food. So there's lots of small things you can do. And then you can also put pressure on your governments and councils to make your country uh, more sustainable and also lobby big companies by um, maybe becoming shareholders and going to shareholder meetings and trying to get them to be more sustainable. I know this word sustainable keeps coming up, but it is very important nowadays. To be active. Thank you very much, Tom, for discussing today with me uh, green buildings, sustainable buildings, uh, and the certification, Briam. And have a good day. Could I, could I just uh, say one thing before yeah, you end? Sure. Um, uh, we are, you can find us on, on LinkedIn and, and Facebook. And um, our also our website is um, www.greeneasy, um, one word, the color green and easy, www.greeneasy.global. I will leave the, the, the link in the show notes. So, so we're happy to answer any questions. So you'll find our contact details on the website. Super. Thank you very much again. And uh, it was great talking to you today. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your audience. Thank you. Thanks. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new from our guest Tom today got inspired and motivated. If you have any questions, let me or Tom know. Please reach out on LinkedIn. I also invite you to check other related episodes out. We have discussed sustainable cities with Ter Young in the episode called Urban Sustainability with Go Ter Young. Uh, nuclear energy was briefly mentioned today, but if you're interested to learn more, we have a full episode called Nuclear, an old new solution, interview with Brett Kugelmas where we discuss it in more detail. Uh, I would also cordially suggest an episode called Green, Inclusive and Open Economy or Why Sustainability is Not Enough 
interview with Ralph Term to get perspective and broader understanding of modern day economy to get inspired and take action maybe if you like the podcast don't forget to subscribe share review as always and uh, rate on the platform you're listening on we are now available on 50 platforms and by the way pod chaser is running an amazing initiative they are donating 25 cents to meals on wheels america's covid 19 response fund for every podcast or episode review on Podchaser until 16 of April. So that's basically today. But I guess there is still a bit of time for you to play your part in helping others stay away of hunger. Um, They will also double uh, the donation every time the podcast, so me, replies to the review. I think it's a brilliant and easy way to help those in need, regardless of where in the world we actually are. Let's take this opportunity. Um, Thank you for listening, for being here with us today, and until next time, um, take care, stay tuned, stay healthy, most importantly, and stay home. Goodbye.